Hi everyone, um, we are here to continue our research and delving deeper into sustainability and education. Today I'm going to have the utmost privilege to welcome Tatiana Anthony Bali, the founder of Gumbuk. And uh, we are going to have a very interesting conversation about uh, personal transformation, planting of trees and the impact of awareness. So, Tatiana, it's really, really a great pleasure to have you here at the Hampi Place Collection. I'm, I'm very, very excited to have this conversation with you. And I'm really a fan of Gombok, even though I have to say, at this moment in time, I haven't planted a gaff tree, so all shame on me. And I'm definitely like committed to do this next time, you know, when time allows, because I'm, I'm really excited to get to know the people. Who are involved, you know, and what uh, what I have seen so far so far uh, at events organized by Gumbuk or initiatives, you know, created by Gumbuk is very very much appealing to me, and the reason for that is because it's uh, organized alongside values, and the people you meet are also like part of it, you know, so you kind of have an understanding and then not really expectation, but kind of assumption, kind of a smart guess of what kind of people are going to show up when it's a Gumbuk event. So after this long introduction, <laughs> let me ask you, uh, how did you come up with the idea of creating a social enterprise and what is a social enterprise? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to finally meet you in person and to learn more about uh, you know, hemp and all the possibilities behind it. Um, from my side, I have to say, you know, Gumbuk was born out of uh, a need. Um, and at that time in 2009, when I started Gumbuk, uh, the only options were either you would create a company, a regular company, or you would start a, a charity. But Gumbuk didn't want to be a charity. We wanted to be a green business. We wanted to, you know, um, provide services and being able to create a green directory for people to access, also for businesses to access. And so we launched as a proper business um, in, a, in a free zone, in Ras Khema free zone. And uh, ideally, we thought that we would, you know, be able to make a lot of profits and, and to have a very successful business. And this is exactly what didn't happen. Um, there was no interest. The directory was populated very quickly. We had over a thousand uh, different listings in the directory uh, in the first months, but no visits. People were not interested in this product. They were not interested in the solutions. And this is where I realized that the mindset was not there still. And then when I was talking to people, they would reply to me, you know, maybe in Europe or in the States, people are interested in environmentally friendly products because at that time we were not even talking about sustainability. It was really about eco-friendly products and, and going green. That was the terminology and the narrative. Um, so that's where I, I understood that there was no space for green business at that time. It was really about awareness and education. And for that, you don't need a company. But I already had, you know, the setup. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to use the company as a platform for me to be able to operate. But at the end of the day, it's not the profit that is going to be my, my main goal. Um, profit, of course, is good to entertain and, and, and sustain the activity. But for six years, we actually didn't have any profit. We were uh, relying on a few sponsorships here and there, and the money was immediately reinvested in, you know, uh, creating new materials and uh, growing the website. But really the focus was on 
why people in the region, in the UAE, needed to shift their mindset and understand why they needed to go green. And it, that it's not, it wasn't a trend from you know, Europe, it wasn't a fashion, it was something that was important for the future of their children, for their own you know, future as well. Um, and so ideally, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the gap tree, um, what I realized at that time is that in order to make people want to do something for the environment, I needed to connect these people to the local environment. And somehow here in the UAE, we are a very transient population. We come from all over the world and we're also used to a very different nature. So when we come here, we think it's just an empty desert. And this is, I think, the challenge. Not understanding the beauty of this nature and how rich it is, but how different. And so that's where we started from, raising awareness about the living desert, how secret it is and how magical, and about the gaff tree, which is the UAE national tree. And so suddenly people were taken you know, into the desert, planting a tree, thinking, how can I plant a tree? in the middle of nowhere. And that's where we were able to talk about, you know, uh, the biodiversity, the ecosystem, how a tree, a desert tree is made to survive in these conditions with no water and very uh, high temperatures, thanks to different mechanisms. And also why we're supposed to plant these trees who don't need much water compared to other trees, such as palm trees, that consume hundreds of liters of water per day. Uh, what I really loved about what you said, and I really appreciate you being so honest and so authentic about the first couple of years and how you kept going after those six years. To me, that's also really like commendable, admirable, you know, uh, on an individual, as a business owner level, you know, and all of that. Uh, but what I also like about what you said is that this is not a learning that is uh, uh, verbal education. I'm telling you that environmentally friendly is really amazing. Like being good to the planet is amazing. But this is actually, you know, like stand up, join us, come out together with us so we can plant a, a tree, but we can also build a community. We can also have those conversations around it. So I really, really love that part. And I have to say that com somebody coming from many, many decades or in, spent in the field of education, this is something that is not obviously made all the time in many of the curricula. There is knowledge transfer, but knowledge transfer without implementation and practice is just knowledge transfer. And for it to be implemented and for it to really reach that level where it's transforming your habits, your mindset, your behavior, it has to be experiential. And this is what uh, we are also trying to bring in when we bring people to the store. And I showed you around, I showed that it's different activities for people to touch and feel and smell and act and, you know, and really see and understand what makes a difference. And we are very fortunate enough to say that, you know, it can be developed into the business and to show it and to help others who also want to do it from him, from something else, but being very conscious and mindful in their choices. So one of, the, uh, one of those things that I would like to, uh, you know, pick your brain a little bit more on about when you mentioned the education part. For, for us, it's super crucial because when I started and I wanted to register my Dubai mainland company, Happy People, first question I was asked, can we smoke your shoes? <laughs> and I did have to say no. 
And then I had to study education very early on, like step one for me was education and awareness. And knowing how religious this culture is, and not, knowing how important tradition and values are, it, it seems to be sometimes a challenge, a challenge in mindset, not a challenge in um, anyone doubting the value of it, but the challenge of the unknown the fear of the unknown. So based on your many, many years of experience, what is it that you found that really worked well? Like what are those uh, um, maybe events, maybe campaigns, maybe tips and tricks that really engage most of the people uh, you work with to take action? I think something that you, you just mentioned that for us has been very important uh, during these years is to relate everything we do to culture and heritage. And this, I think, is fundamental because sustainability has always been part of our lives centuries ago. And it's just now in modern times that, uh, you know, our, our life has changed, the way we do things has changed, and we are more geared into consumption and waste uh, rather than conservation and preservation. So. When you look at the way people were living in the desert, even 50 years ago, they were very sustainable. They were never wasting anything, using the resources and sharing them with the community. Everything was related to heritage and understanding how you could use every single plant or animal for the benefit of the community. And so when we started this, we really linked it to what it means to live in, in this part of the world. Um, and this is how we started also the whole education. It was based on the fact that we all come here to thrive. You know, Dubai, the UAE is the place where people come to start a new life and hopefully, you know, start a business and grow the business or start their family here with new opportunities. But I think what was missing 15 years ago was the idea of, okay, I come here and I just blast it. I have energy, I have water and I can do whatever I want. Uh, no, we need to understand that this is a very sacred place with limited resources and we need to really give them value to these resources. So I think that was the element that was missing and it's missing worldwide. We don't value anymore these resources. So I think one is going back to our heritage worldwide and locally and also at the same time feeling more as a, as a community. So when we, when we try to educate, we, we always want people to understand that they're not individuals working in, in a silo, living in a silo. We're part of a bigger community. A lot of times we receive the comment like, what can I do? You know, I'm just one person. What does it change if I you know, reduce my water consumption or recycle? Well, if you think bigger as, as a community, then you understand the impact. So that also was, was very important for us. And at the same time, we never put ourselves in a situation as experts or educators because we're not. Uh, myself and the whole team, we are enthusiasts and we want to enable change, but for this we always create partnerships um, and we bring in different experts to, to, you know, to bring the knowledge. And, and ourselves, we continuously learn and every campaign that we launch every two, three months is because we feel the need without, oh, we didn't know about this. Everyone needs to know about this. And so for us, the community aspect, the partnership aspect are fundamental together with private sector, with government, with academia, 
for us, it's always been, I would say, the secret recipe. You cannot think that on your own you're going to be able to do everything and um, or, or create a movement. And this is what we, we really believe in, like creating movements. Yeah, well, thank you so much for that. And something that, you know, came up for me is just uh, actually two things. One of them is um, just I was thinking back of, you know, my grandmother's generation. And uh, I come from a region where industrial hemp was used for, for everything, you know, like this was the, they used the seeds, they used the oil, they made their clothes out of hemp, they learned how to harvest the plants, they, they knew the multiple benefits of it and they were engaged in those activities. Uh, so, as you mentioned, how circular economy, sustainability, all these fancy phrases were lived before they were named. Now they are named, but not as often used, not as often practiced as before. And the other thing I was uh, thinking about is a parallel, uh, how us becoming more consumers, more um, buy, buy, buy oriented, that I need more, and uh, living in a scarcity mindset where I don't have enough, also happened in parallel with us becoming lonelier with us becoming less in touch with the community, more individualist, more focused on my career, don't really care about the others. It kind of came in parallel, and now the top of it, or the peak of it, maybe, came out in the form of a COVID worldwide pandemic of the soul, worldwide pandemic of the, the human being and the values, when everybody was locked down, and you had to think about your purpose your mission, what do you want to do? And the afterlife, like life after that, it just really helped us, many of us, I think, to reconnect with who we are and reconnect with the values, reconnect with the community, reconnect with the tradition and starting to think more community-wise, more about values, more of uh, joining um, those organizations, those companies that are creating an impact, that are led by values, they are living their daily life on a mission, on purpose. So that's a big shift. Yeah. And also knowing that you have been very successfully running this together with your team for now 14 years, I'm also super curious to ask you and to know how it transformed you as an individual. How was Tatiana in 2009 and how were you transformed with Goombook and activities and collaborations and all those things happening throughout those years? And who is Tatiana now in 2023? Well, it's a very interesting question. I think there are two different uh, Tatianas. There's the, the same Tatiana that I was uh, 14, 15 years ago. I think something that has always been part of, of, my, of me is to, to continuously find new um, initiatives and, and uh, to look for new challenges. And, and through Goombook, I've always been able to do so. And, and this is something that a lot of people ask me, like, why are you launching a new campaign every six months? Why don't you focus? And a lot of, of business people have told me, the secret of businesses is to focus on one thing, what you, something that you do really, really well. And for me, that was actually 
a bit limiting because I, I cannot stop and do only one thing. So I, 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 I was able to channel my, my passion and my curiosity in saying, you know what, this is actually Gumbuk's um, secret, is finding something that is interesting, educational, or you know, bringing value, uh, or it's purposefully led, and share it with our community. Because we're very lucky, in, in 14 years we've, we have created a community, and it's a very diverse community of individuals, of uh, students, youth, but at the same time also you know, uh, companies and governments. So, this is where you see the magic happen, is like the more you put out there, the more impact you, you can have. So that, that is the same Tatiana. But the Tatiana 14 years ago was totally unexperienced. Um, I studied architecture, I never studied you know, business or, or even leadership or how to, to, to take care of a team. So I, I had to learn I, and I did a lot of mistakes. And you know when you say, you, you're, you're so successful. It's like we failed. We failed many, many times. It's, it's never so uh, beautiful like it looks from outside. We had you know, ups and downs. COVID was a very big, big challenge. So I feel 14 years later, I have more experience. I've learned, I've learned to listen a lot. I've learned to you know, look at my, my team in, in a different way and really having them as a, um, collaborators and we co-create continuously. Um, it's been very hard to see people go uh, because Gumbuk is, is a kind of family, uh, but somehow they never go. Uh, we continue to get from our Gumis a lot of support from all over the world where they are. Um, but yes, I feel I'm a, I'm a better person through Gumbuk. I've learned a lot. Um, it's um, kind of very nicely what you described is if you are, if we are, if anyone is living their life on purpose, finding those ways how to channel the gifts and the blessings and those talents we have in an unwavering way. You didn't let yourself, you know, be like to, to fit into the picture of those businessmen saying that you can only focus on one, but you allowed yourself to choose you and to choose Gumbuk to become what it has become, to become diverse, to become new, always innovative, always ready for partnerships, always giving that feel of community. So that's something I see as can happen to, to many individuals who are, using, um, who are using to act on the word of being a change maker. So many people say that I'm a change maker, I don't know how many take it seriously or just use it because it's a fancy word to use, you know? So, but assuming that all of those people who are going to listen to this conversation, they really want to be a change makers, what is it that you would like to share with them? What is it that you would like to um, remind them of? Something with like kind of exclamation marks. Remember this, yeah. act on this, believe in this. <laughs> You know, what would be that essence, that bottom line? I think uh, my advice would be to be true to yourself um, and, and follow your intuition. You, you know what you're capable of. You know your limits, but you also know that you can go beyond your limits. So my advice is like, if you feel it inside you, don't listen to anyone else telling you it's not possible, it's not doable. If you feel it inside, then you can do it. And, and not to be upset at the first 
um, failures and failing is, is a very important part. And I know that this is also fancy now to say that we need to fail to succeed, but it's true. There is a, a big truth behind it. And through all the failures we had, we, we've learned. So one, don't take no for an answer. Um, don't hesitate to go to anyone around you. Don't feel that government is, is impossible. No, government, especially here in the UA, is very proactive. They're here to listen to you. Uh, they're here to support. Uh, don't think that a big corporate will not you know, be open to, to work with you. The no is already given in life, right? So we need to try for the yes, and we need to try constantly because someday someone is going to say yes. Let's do it. And that's when things happen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and having this wonderful conversation. And uh, I'm looking forward, you know, to collaborating with you, to supporting you and to witnessing you and the teams and the impact growing in the coming years. Thank, Thank you. you. Same for us. We're here for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to me and Tatiana. Hopefully you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. And do make sure you stay tuned for our next episode where our guest is going to be my dear friend, Jen Serac, who is a former educator, just like myself, and also a business owner right now who is offering coaching and energy healing and a couple of wellness solutions. And she has a very interesting perspective on what wellness should bring to corporate. Thank you.